Focusing on Southern Indiana and Kentucky high school sports, regional college sports, and national sports news. If you want to talk to the KST guys, George Browning and Blair Thompson, call the KST Talk Line at 812-883-3401. Keep your comments brief and to the point, or Becky will throw a flag and take you out of the game. And now we go into Studio A inside the Pinewood Studios of WSLM for Kentuckiana Sports Talk with George and Blair. Get ready for Kentuckiana Sports Talk. I just wonder, uh, just something to think about on this Monday of after the weekend where we lost an hour. Uh, I, does that continue? Did we like lose an hour of Monday or do you just lose one hour? I don't know. That's what I was thinking about in my brain today was, is Monday shorter uh, because we lost an hour? And I really don't think it is. There's 24 hours in it. So uh, anyway, I ask a question and I answer it. That's how this show works. Uh, anyway, welcome in here, uh, Kentuckiana Sports Talk. Uh, Blair is on his way. Uh, he had to do some beauty work. Uh, just in case he got his picture on Facebook tonight. Uh, and we got a special guest, uh, Eastern Head Girls Basketball Coach Mike McBride. Coach, welcome into the studio. Well, thanks for having me tonight. I'm glad to be here. Uh, you've, you've had a busy year, and that's one of the reasons we want to bring you in, in addition to the success that the Lady Musketeers had on the court. Uh, you, you've, you've had a couple of big things off the court as a coach that really, uh, you you like to hang your hat on i know as a member of the community i'm proud i've been bragging you up and say man check this out these are the things that coach mcbride's done uh you're president of the hoosier basketball coaches association uh tell let's start there tell, talk a little bit about that what what's that role look like for you coach and, and what does that board do well the hoosier basketball coaches association is um all of the schools south of interstate 70 basically and it's just a way for us to hopefully promote and give attention to a lot of the smaller rural schools down here. Uh, we feel like that, you know, Indianapolis and Fort Wayne and Gary, you know, the region areas seem to kind of dominate things a lot of times up in central and northern Indiana. And, you know, this association was put together, you know, many years ago uh, as a way of promoting the schools down here in the southern part of the state. Uh, the biggest thing that we do is the All-Star Game coming up in April, uh, mm -hmm. April 7th is the yearly all-star game at Bloomington North High School. Uh, it's a great event for some high school kids, you know, that are seniors that, to be recognized. And it's a pretty good event where some college coaches can still get in and watch kids play. Uh, we try to do it upright. We've got a corporate sponsor with BSN, and uh, they handle all the uniforms and shoes for the kids, and the kids get to keep that stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's a pretty good event because they don't have to pay to play. It is a, you know, selection process, but that's the biggest thing that we do, and we've kind of developed a relationship with Luke Zeller and his father at Distinction, and they're in Bloomington and Washington area, um, to where they kind of help us with all the behind-the-scenes work with the HBCA, and then we have a little banquet while we're there, and, 
you know, it's just a good day to, you know, celebrate the success of a lot of these high school seniors that may not get it otherwise throughout the state. And it's a really good time for them to be able to play and showcase their skills. Now, so this is a different group of all-star seniors than the ones that will play Kentucky? Or are some of the girls uh, on both teams? How does that work? Well, I know that Lily Hatton was selected for the HBCA all-star team. Uh, but it's basically we've got an east and a west where we select 12 girls from each side of the state on the southern half. And, uh, you know, they'll play, and then there's a boys' game immediately after that. Uh, so, it's you know, it's a day of basketball, but, you know, they play against each other, and it is more of a, um, I guess, less competitive all-star environment from the standpoint of defense a lot of times, too, because, you know, the kids are out there to really showcase what they can do offensively more than anything. But, uh, you know, it does get competitive late in the late in the second half when the <laughs> game's tight. It does still get competitive, and those competitive juices come out of the girls. So it's always fun to watch, but typically you're going to have – both games in the in the hundreds or higher. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, Coach McBride and I were I had posted something on Facebook, and he didn't realize uh, Greg and Blair just walked in, uh, looking as beautiful as ever. He didn't realize that I had basketball running through my veins. He I posted one of my cousins kind of led the male Lady Bulldogs to the seventh regional championship over in Louisville, and. Uh, I, I shared it and then said hashtag Browning like I have any kind of basketball <laughs> ability like my uh, cousin's daughter Cameron has but uh and he said he was at that game uh, coach how is she as a player right I haven't watched her a whole lot in the last two seasons I tell you what I was really impressed with her um I mean as, as soon as I started watching the game she just really stood out not not just with her play and her presence in there you know being a six foot two post player but just her attitude about the game and the way she related to her teammates you know I just kept thinking in my head and especially now knowing that she's a browning it's like <laughs> she looked really good in purple and gold over here you know I mean purple and gold over there for Mayo was pretty good but uh, man we'd love to have her here <laughs> it wasn't for lack of trying I, I talked to my cousin Eric a few times and said hey listen Easter's already won a state title you bring Cam up here and, and with her help in the post we'll make a run at another one or two here before uh, she's done, and, and she actually uh, led Mel to the Sweet 16. So uh, just just a neat thing to see there for Coach. And uh, I wanted to work out a thing where you guys could scrimmage against each other or something in the summer, uh, but, you know, that's just so hard to work because that stuff is done so far in advance. It's hard to just pop up and, hey, let's play a game. So anyway, now back to your role here on the HBCA board. Uh what type of things do you do as president? I wonder how you even have time to add one more thing to your schedule. Yeah, I mean, it, I was basically uh, put into the position by default almost. I mean, you know, we had a selection process or a nomination process back in the fall. And uh, actually, uh, you know, going back to it, uh, the, the former president uh, was Greg. Um, oh, used to coach at West Washington. Coached the boys over here a couple of years uh, dad's court was named after his dad here greg dean yeah what am i thinking okay at salem but greg was the um former president and you know they nominated myself and i think tom bradley was the other and i think tom bradley kind of said thanks but no thanks and then they're like <laughs> okay you got it you know but um you know it's it's more of a a figurehead like i said with the relationship with distinction they've got a couple of graduate assistants that are actually in school kind of working towards some degree pro uh, programs and you know, we've got a couple of guys that work behind the scenes that handle all the emails and all the, the questionnaires for the all-star team because all the coaches got to vote. 
Um, so it was done the right way, and you know we tried to really include as many girls as we could. But it's a nomination process. Coaches got to nominate their kids. They got to be a member of the HBCA for them to be considered. And you know it's just uh, for me, you know it's just a way to hopefully expand that you know that attention to our area that we can try to get. Now this is a game that uh, uh, Rachel played in, played in this game. Rachel played last year and was actually the MVP of the game last year. Uh, played very well. Uh, Taylor Drury played in it two years ago. Uh, Kaylin Rodewig prior to that. Bailey England also played in it. Uh, so we've had several girls be nominated and selected to play uh, over the last few years. But you know it, it does draw some some top talent um, when you look at all the girls that have competed in it and. Like I said, it's uh, you know it's a good day for basketball. If you if you're really a fan of high school basketball, that Sunday, April seventh, is uh, is a day to get out and come up to Bloomington North and watch the game. All right, and uh, and then your other big honor, you're you're one of the coaches for the Indiana Senior All Stars. Uh, talk a little bit about that, what it means to you to to get that honor, and uh, what what what's that look like for you over the next day, and does it feed your basketball hunger until you get to <laughs> summer ball? Well, I tell you, it's, um, you know, it's a dream come true from the standpoint of, you know, as a coach, there's always a couple of things you think about, and you kind of, you know, wonder, would there ever be a chance? Of course, one is always winning a state championship, and then the other one is just being able to coach the all-star team. I mean, the you know that's that's always been since back in the 70s the big event you know at the end of the year where Kentucky and Indiana square off and it's it's always been one of the biggest and best all-star games just from the standpoint of talent that you get from both states um and it was really unexpected i mean out of the blue i was i was actually in the gym uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was a Tuesday evening, and I'm working out a couple of middle school girls, actually, my daughter being one of them, and uh, I got a phone call from a number I didn't recognize right away, and they left a voicemail, and it was Mike Broughton, who's the director of the All-Star Game this year, and got back in touch with him a little bit later, and he made the offer for me to be the assistant coach with uh, Debbie Guckenberger from Brownsburg, who's the head coach, and then Chris Siebert from Crown Points, the other mm. assistant and um you know i I was like yeah i'm in i mean it's it's a great opportunity um you know it's going to be busy we had the top 60 workout uh just last weekend a week ago this past sunday and uh, we got it narrowed down to a you know about probably 18 to 20 girls from there and then we went through last monday and tuesday and pretty much finalized the roster late tuesday night and then everything was put into the Indianapolis Star on Thursday. So, you know, we've made the selections. We've got it down to the 13 girls that we chose for the team. And, you know, now it's just a matter of trying to get them together. And we're going to we're gonna meet for a few mini camps coming up in May and uh, get the girls together for a couple of weekends. And then that week, starting June 3rd, we're together the whole week. Uh, the one drawback for me is I got to miss a week of our summer stuff. Right. But uh, it's going to be a fun opportunity to you know be able to coach some of the top girls in the state. Well, and one of those top girls, Lily Hatton, uh, made the roster, the final cut. And uh, is it special to to coach a kid like that who you've played against all these years? Oh yeah, it's going to be fun. I had a chance to talk to her a little bit up at the top sixty, and she actually just had shoulder surgery again. 
uh, just a little cleanup procedure, nothing major. And you know, she's going to be out for another couple of weeks. But uh, you know, you know her work ethic. I mean, <laughs> she's in the gym as much as she can, and she's going to get back and be ready to go. But uh, you know, we've got a really good group. Um, you know, we've got Je- uh, Jory Allen from uh, Bedford as well, and uh, a few others from down in this area. But I tell you, one of the hardest things, and I've told this to several people has been this selection process because mm-hmm. no matter what you do and we really had it down to about 15 or 16 girls and there were three or four that just complemented each other they were just almost identical in terms of the talent and skill they brought to the table and you know not including one of those girls I mean you're leaving out a kid that's really really good um, and that's the hardest thing. It's not It's not like you're making cuts at an elementary level or things which you really hate, but making cuts at any level as a coach is the hardest thing you can do. And, you know, some of those girls obviously are going to be disappointed that they weren't selected, but uh, we feel confident in the ones that we did keep for the final 13. All right, and we got Blair in the studio now. Blair, welcome. Sorry, I was coaching a little spring football. I got a little preoccupied. I mean, I wanted to spend, some, <laughs> spend a little more time. I was like, oh, man, I got to go. I'm running away. But, uh, yeah, we, we weren't practicing the way I wanted to practice, so I had to do a little uh, talking to you, you know what I mean? Yeah, we normally start the show with talking about The Bachelor, and yeah, I didn't want to put Coach McBride on the spot there. I didn't know how much he's kept up with it. I but, don't watch that but show. We, we have become the unofficial pregame show for The Bachelor, and, and tonight there's they're down to the final two. I, I, I did some reading. I don't watch the show. Uh, Greg does. Uh, Greg does. <laughs> uh, but they're down to the final two. But the kicker is, Blair, last week the Bachelor went all in on one particular girl, and she was that. not interested. I saw that. I told her, I, I don't watch it, Coach, but I saw it on the news. I told her, I told her, I, you know, I'm a single guy, so i got to get all the tips and tricks I can get. But I uh, told her he loved her. told her she was the one. Yeah. And she said, See ya. Thanks, but no yeah, thanks. Yeah, right. But, but now, but, if you're one of the other two that's left. Well, I thought about you, George, in that process because you said the other day, like they're going home to talk to their talk to their parents, and you know there was, hey, dad, this is the guy that's been dating forty other girl- women right. in the next last couple of weeks, and that's what her dad told her. That's what that girl's dad said on the on the thing that he didn't want her to to, to marry this guy who's been. You know, she only knew for a couple of days. Smart man, smart man, good dad. That's you know, you guys are fathers of uh, daughters, so you guys you know, you know, keep that in your back pocket when you want to say, hey, no, come on. <laughs> Definitely would have been my advice. Bail out when it gets down to <laughs> three or four, and you, you've had your chance. Maybe you'll be picked for the bachelorette uh, because you were able. I mean, in that part of it, you you got to throw. You're playing your cards. I want to be the next. Bachelor like Flavor of Love. You remember yeah, that show on VH1? Yeah. You know, New York became a star, maybe bigger than Flavor Flav. They've never had a guy with a dad bod on the on the Bachelor, <laughs> you know. So I'm thinking maybe I could be the next one. You know, single dad, dad bod. Might, those girls might get out of the limo. Oh man, <laughs> jump back in, take off. I don't know, but I think it would work, right? Forty year old single dad, dad bod, be great, be great, great TV. Now, and I just caught myself as I said, I said Flavor Flav. That, that sounded horrible. I'm losing my street cred in the veal. It's Flava Flays. I lost the edge. Yeah. I, I, man. You're not welcome anyway. back in Central anymore. I, I know. I'll always be welcome there. Hey, yeah. I was going to say, you know, Coach, Coach probably made sure that Lily was on that team so he'd make sure she was actually gone. You know, like, she's yeah. been out there forever. <laughs> I don't you know, want to. She's like, It's like, just, you know, we want to make sure she's really gone. You know, so, but that's going to be awesome. And, and like, like Coach said, man, I, I just, 
jumped in here late, but uh, what you know, it's it's a game that you know everybody that's grown up in, in Indiana, even you know in Kentucky, that's the game that everybody knows, everybody remembers, everybody um, you know wants to wants to see what that outcome is, and and it's a heated rivalry, you know, and, and the people get after it. That's what I love about it. Cause you know, you watch regular All Star games in the NBA, NHL, Pro Bowl, whatever, and it's kind of eh, we're not gonna play hard until the end, maybe. But you know, I've had I've had the luxury to watch a couple of those games on both the girls and the boys' side, and and it is uh, it's a war. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. So um, you know, congratulations, coach, from picking that, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to come out and watch you guys. Yeah, it's going to be good because uh, the game down here on Friday night is actually at Bellarmine, so oh, okay. it's a close location. I'm hoping to take our team over and be able to watch it and. You know, in Bellarmine's environment, I mean, you're right there. You know, you get because you get an up close, you know, view of it. And then, of course, the next day we're at Banker's Life, which will be nice to be able to coach there again. And uh, I think the upper level seats, which is not the upper level, but the upper level of the lower arena, is they're going for seven bucks. So it's uh, it's reasonable, you right. know, to come up and watch the game. It's definitely worth, worth money, your money worth there. And I, and I also wanted to say about coaches here. I just wanted to say, you know. Uh, how appreciative of being a Salem guy. How appreciative of, uh, I was of, of your girls, your staff being there watching the watching the Salem girls and their run. And I, we have mentioned it on here a couple of times where the Salem girls, when you guys were playing in the state finals, had went to that game and they said, you know, "We want to be here somewhat someday." And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, going through the town of, of Pekin and, and the support that, that the Lady Lions had, you know, it was just really awesome. And you know, I know we're I know we're the same conference, but it was really cool to see that what what it's all about and that's you know the community coming together and I know you're a huge part of that so thank you yeah it was fun to watch their run I mean they were you know they're a great team Jerry does a tremendous job and you know he if he does it right from the standpoint you know he's he's building the team like he needs to and he doesn't get too carried away with it uh, he's like any other coach where we kind of over worry about it a lot of times and just kind of take things a little too serious in those moments but uh it was great to watch their run, and you know we actually passed, you know the procession. I guess when we were coming back from our regional game, mm-hmm. they're coming back from Charlestown, and you know it was nice to see that they had that following and had everything going on. And then I can still remember, you know, back in 2017 after we got done, we came back to watch North Harrison, and Jerry came down and talked to me a little bit, and he's like, "Man, you know how much money you cost me today?" And you know, <laughs> but he, he was he was really proud of the fact that we had won, and he supported right. us. And, uh, you know, we'd do the same and return that favor to him. And, you know, hopefully next year, like we've talked, we're trying to look at a new date for our game, trying to get it off that Saturday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jerry likes likes the thought of getting that off of there because of the IU-Purdue football game, you know. He wants to be able to <laughs> go watch that. But, you know, so we're looking at a date. But my thing was you're looking at the potential next year of possibly having – you know, at least the number two or three team in each class, right. 3A and 2A, yeah. next year at that time, but possibly number one. Right. And, you know, we've got to put that game on a date that's going to attract a crowd. I mean, right. it will anyway, but let's make it a marquee event. Let's really make it so that everybody gets a chance to watch it. And ideally, we'd like to play it before the boys' season starts. Right. You know, just so that way there's the build up to it, and that's kind of the game that we're looking at, even though it's early in the season. But you know, that's that's a game next year that's just going to be fun. I mean, right. it's going to be really enjoyable. Uh, but to have that thought about it, you know, that's you got awesome. both teams with a chance next year. It'd be nice to put two uh, Mid Southern Conference teams back in Banker's life. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And that's something you know we talked about. 
um, you know, with you guys and North Harrison, it had been, you know, there had been a run there for, mm -hmm. you know, for the Midsummer Conference teams to be in the state finals, and it just shows you how competitive the, the conference is, and, you know, uh, you know, any given night, Scottsburg's going to have a good team next year as well, and, um, you know, I think North Harris is going to be down a little bit, probably. I mean, they're not going to be what they are, but... In you know, comparison to what they've yeah, been, yeah, really keep that, that in mind. Yeah, say that they're going to be down, and... <laughs> Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, but just uh, you know, I just wanted to make sure I got that on you know, on air that you know I was real appreciative of, of all that, and you know everyone from your guys, everyone from the school has just been tremendous and always always has been, you know, and that's the thing that you know, even at the middle school level, you know everything, you know they're always you know that that side has always been real real uh, complimentary to everything we that we do up here, and and that we have a good relationship with both schools. Yeah, it's it's a good friendly rivalry, and I think everybody treats it as such, and. You know, I, like I said, I've got a pretty good relationship with Jerry, and I really respect what he does. And I really enjoyed it at the boys' session. Even I came up and, at, to Charlestown to watch that, and I had a chance to sit with Jerry and kind of watch the game. And you know, we just shared our thoughts about the game of basketball as we watched the boys play. And the boys really competed that night. Uh, that was the night uh, I think. What was it? Did they lose to Corden that night in the semifinals? But uh, you know, man, they played well, and it was good to kind of just share some ideas and bounce things off each other. And you know, that's the coaching fraternity. You know, we're going to support each other as much as we can. It's awesome. Yeah, and that that venue at Charlestown, you're a Charlestown guy. Uh, <laughs> that, that basketball arena, I, I know there's some. Fortunately, I've been at a Newcastle's gym, and there's no place like Seymour, uh, their gym at sectional, especially that Friday night when you got four teams in there from the HHC. But I, I don't know that Charlestown arena is. Uh, one of the one of the tops in the southern half of the state for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a nice nice facility. I mean, you know, Chad Gilbert's probably already hurt his hand trying to pat himself on the back a little bit with all the <laughs> stuff he's done, but he's done a great job really putting you know graphics in there and really building the thing up. But you know, speaking of uh, Newcastle, did you see the article this weekend? Not to change the subject, but they're not even the top. You know, Jim anymore. Now Seymour is the number one in yeah. seating. Oh, I had not, I had not heard there's, that. There's yeah. an article about a lot of research that was done on the number of seats and what's brought in, but they've actually adjusted it. it. Yeah, they, they over uh, Seymour plus 200, I thought, or something like that. Or was it 23? Yeah, I mean, so they, it was it was more. I know. Yes, but Newcastle dropped to like third, I think. Mm -hmm. I oh think wow! They dropped a third on the overall number of seats that they have. So Seymour is going to start probably promoting that big time, being the largest in the nation right. now. Now, I, I, I'm a Newcastle fan because Coach McBride and I were, were in the same place this weekend. Both of our, our daughters, we played, uh, had the dance, the uh, Indiana High School Dance Team Association. And this year it was at Lincoln uh, or Lafayette, Lafayette Jefferson. Yeah. And uh, in the past years, all, Emily started dancing fifth grade, and we had gone to uh, state every year at Newcastle. And this was the first year I wasn't there. And i got to be honest with you. I miss it. <laughs> I don't know if I can write as a outgoing parent a letter to the IHSDTA to say, please find a way to get this thing back to Newcastle because, uh, sorry for those folks up in Lafayette, Jeff, uh, uh, that gym's got some wear and tear on it. I took a, yeah. I took a road trip when I was a, a student of Ball State down in Newcastle and uh, toured all the facilities and toured the Hall of Fame. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting that I read an article that the, the, the Citizens of the Newcastle were so sick of getting beat in the sectional. Uh, I don't remember where they where they were playing at. That they took it upon themselves to raise mm. the money. wasn't tax mm. dollars. They raised the money. It was a fundraiser. They raised a million dollars back in whatever 1950, 40, I don't know, 50, I think, uh, to to make the the gym the the largest 
in the state of Indiana, and so uh, they wanted to get the home field advantage, home court advantage, and they uh, <laughs> they just took it upon themselves a million dollars in the 1950 to to uh, to raise that money. It's a pretty pretty cool story. Yeah, because all of those schools up there were fighting for the ability to host a sectional. You know, Richmond, where we played semi-state, right. it was one that always hosted. So Newcastle built theirs. Then you had Lafayette Jeff on the other side. I mean, you've got all those big schools that kind of run right across the state right there, and they were all competing to be able to host sectional back then when it was still single class. Yeah, it was really awesome. As a student, I got to go to the Wigwam in Anderson, which was a very famous mm -hmm. one. You know, the Muncie Fieldhouse there at Muncie Central, and then go down to Newcastle and watch that. So it was, it was you know, not too, not too many of my fraternity brothers got it. Like, you know, they were like, what do you do? Who cares, man? It's just a gym, you know. <laughs> but they, were all, they weren't from here. You know, they were all from all, you know, all over the world. But I, I took a buddy of mine from New Jersey, and, and he, he, uh, he talked about having the, the walking trail at his school and people would hang up on top of the walking trail and had a DJ that would scratch records when guys would get to the line and, and you know, couldn't play certain schools in a night that night you had to go in during the day and and uh, I took him to Newcastle the first time, man, and he was hooked. He's now the athletic director of Center Grove High School, so he uh, he stayed around. He he got he got hooked up, and he he wasn't no part of going back to New Jersey. He got he got the Hoosier hysteria when he got here. So pretty cool side note there. I got the chance to see all those really cool gems, and, and you know it's 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 uh, we sometimes I feel like in Indiana we we uh, take it for granted, you know how cool it is, and and uh, especially how big some of those gymnasiums are. Yeah, we you know you coach was talking about moving that Salem game to a to a night where we could get more of a marquee kind of crowd. You know, after the year after you won state and and uh, North Harrison finished second. I remember you guys were one of the earliest games in the season. Yeah. And uh, how how cool was that to to start a year almost like the NFL does, where you have the two Super Bowl teams play each other, but but to have two state finalists. I remember I posted on Facebook like. You come out and watch two state finalists tip off the season, and uh, a couple people that were leaving said, "I saw your post, and <laughs> I'm glad I came. It was pretty fun." You think the connection is George has? You get, get you guys hooked up at the Yum Center or something? You know, like, can we get like a? Can we get like a? I don't know, Coach Chick, you might not want to throw out the the home court advantage there, but because you guys had to come up here this year, right? Yeah. So you know, and, and by the way, talking about facilities, the court at at, at East Washington is unbelievable. If you haven't yeah. got a chance to see it, it is it is by far the best court that I've seen in Indiana in a long time. Yeah, we get a lot of compliments on that. You know, we, you know, it's going to be fun to come up to Salem next year. And you know, speaking of North Harrison, I don't care where we play North Harrison. I just got to figure out a way to beat them. <laughs> we haven't beaten them in several years now, and it's something that I'm really going to have to to focus on and see if we can't try to pull one off. We got them coming to our place next year, so still going to be early in the year, but that's the one-on-ones I want to get. <laughs> so it's high on the list of things. Coach, uh, another thing about your coaching career, uh, you're 14 games away from 200. Uh, that just speaks to the success you've had in your 13th season to already be knocking on 200's door. What, what will that mean to you from a professional standpoint, uh, coaching, uh, to, to hit that milestone? It'll mean I've had a lot of really good players. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and that's that's the best thing about it, because I have been fortunate. Um, you know, going back to the first year I came in, 2007, 2008, I mean, we had a group that was just, you know, ripe for, you know, wanting to be coached and wanting to compete. And, you know, you can go back and mention girls off that team, Jordan Basham, Stephanie Eubank, Melody Dalton, Kelsey Collard. I mean, we had a bunch of girls that just were competitive, and they were good in other sports, too. They were good in, in softball. They were good in volleyball. I mean, you know, we had a group that just really wanted to be coached and wanted to be pushed, and 
I've been pretty fortunate with, you know, the talent that we've had. And, you know, I think everybody knows you got to start from the ground up to make sure you continue that. And, you know, when you look at that 2017 team with Taylor and that group of seniors, that was the very first group in third grade when I took over. Mm. And to have them win a state championship when they're seniors, you know, it just shows how important building it from the bottom up is. And that's what we've been able to do. And we've had great support from parents and other people in the community. And, you know, we're hoping we can continue this for a few years at least uh, with the groups we've got coming up. I was say, there's a, I've been watching this middle school group uh, for a couple of years now. and. Uh, <laughs> he's got some more on the way. Uh, so, and, you know, and another thing is the following that the middle school, uh, your middle school program has. Um, you know, I, I unfortunately, unfortunately, I do a lot of supervision during the, the middle <laughs> school basketball uh, time over there. And, and you, definitely, the, the, I mean, I know they're closer, you know, it's close to, it's close to us. But, you know, when I'm watching tournaments and different things like that, you know, the, the, the following that the girls' basketball program has from the, from the sixth grade uh, you know, up to grade 12 uh, is phenomenal. And that just shows you what kind of program that, that's been built down there. And um, it's, it's been, all, you know, I, hey, well, half of my side is, a, is, is from um, the uh, from Pekin area also, George. So, you know, I'm a little partial to the, to the purple and gold, too. <laughs> now, the, the red, white, and blue, we'll forget uh, about uh, that. But the other, you know, we're okay. <laughs> let's do it, huh? You're not supposed to say that on a show. Oh, it's neutral, boy. Oh, yeah, I'm neutral. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm working on him, Greg. I'm <laughs> trying to get him trained, but he's already watching We can get back to the neutral thought with the fact that how about all three teams won their sectional this year on yeah, the girls' side? Great. I mean, that's, that's just saying something. You know, when you talk to other coaches and other programs I mean to say that every every school in our county I mean at different levels 1A, 2A, 3A each one their sectional I mean that's that's pretty unique right there well, and then two of the three playing for a regional championship. I mean, mm-hmm. that to, to even go one, that, it really gets tough when you get to that regional level. You, the sectionals are, are to, to weed out those teams that don't belong and, and to be playing for uh, two teams playing for a regional championship. And you guys have an unfortunate injury late in the game. And, yeah. and uh, you're right there. A possession or two right. goes another way. Uh, you, you're going on a semi-state with, with the Lady Lions. Yeah, I mean, that, if. You know, Shelby Patton doesn't go down early in that second quarter like she did. You know, I still think we had a chance to to play possibly, you know, beyond semi-state. But, uh, you know, the good thing for her, I mean, she's man, she's so tough. I mean, she had, she had surgery last week, had a plate put in and six screws. And, you know, she's, uh, she's a tough little nut. I mean, she's just going to compete like crazy. But, uh, you know, the, and when that happened, the official kept telling me, come out and check on her. Come out. And I'm like... I'm not going out because I got to take her out of the game if I do, you know. <laughs> and uh, she was trying everything she could to figure out, you know, is she not hurt so bad? And, you know, once she realized she couldn't go, then we had to train her out there to, to bring her off. But uh, it was it was a fun run. I mean, you can't be discouraged about getting to the regional championship. But at the same time, you know, it's just like you want to jump ahead to next year and say, let's see what we can do. But we can't go too fast. Well, I think that's one of the things that, I, you know, I was following along on my phone while we were while we were at the Charlestown and watching the regional. And, and, you know, one of the things that kept on coming to my mind was, you know, when we sit down here for the first time in preseason, you know, one of the things that, that George mentioned was, you know, there, there people, some people are saying that this is a rebuild year for for you guys, and and coach said, oh, I don't think so, you know, and so <laughs> and so I was kind of sitting there thinking to myself, you know, some of the people that thought that early, you know, yeah. some people had that had that thought going in, 
Um, and you know, it was like, oh, we're you know, look, let's go, look at what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys are playing your best basketball at the end of the year, and and you I mean you're really peaking at, at that time, peaking at that time. Get that time <laughs> that. You're really peaking at that time, and uh, I thought that that was. Uh, you know, something that was really awesome, and I was, you know, I was yelling up and down as, as it was going, you know, getting closer and getting closer, and um, actually, I didn't know what had happened in, in that game with the injury, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you played some really good basketball in the tournament. Yeah, thank you for that. I mean, it's it was a good run. I really trusted this group this year, even though they were, you know, largely sophomores, and then one junior, one senior, and, you know, next year's going to be the same way. We got Isabel back as the one senior, and she's a four-year starter, and, you know, she's going to be a vital piece of what we have, and, you know, but we're going to be young behind her again, and you know it's a talented group. So I'm excited about the next few years to see what we can put together. I know you were quick to say, Coach, in the preseason that this what don't not so fast, my friend, on that uh, being a rebuilding year. But are you a little surprised at the success you were able to have? I mean, at one point your your only loss was uh, to North Harrison. You know, you're playing. Mm-hmm. Did, did, could you have? I know you had expectations. You you hung that banner, so you're you're never going to lower your expectations so low. But did they even surprise you a little bit at the kind of success you were able to have? Um, you know, not really. I think, in all honesty, I still look back at a couple of games we let slip away with Scottsburg and Silver Creek, mm-hmm. uh, where we held both of those teams to 37 points. I mean, you should win those games. You know, we just gotta we gotta do a better job of increasing our offensive output, but. You know, you look at the teams we lost to, you know, Salem makes a run to, you know, semi-state, Vincennes, Reves in the state championship, um, you know, modern day goes to semi-state, and we played them twice. I mean, we didn't lose to teams that weren't competitive. Um, I think the surprising thing for me was how well we performed late in games, because we won 13 games by five points or less. Mm. You know, and and to do that, we had to make free throws. We had to execute our offense and get stops on the defensive end. And, you know, as the season wore on, I just developed more and more trust. And I can even go back to that Paley game in the sectional. You know, we were down three with 14 seconds to go and had length of the floor out of bounds. And, you know, we've got a play that we've always run for the last several years. We call it Nova. We patterned it after Villanova's shot that beat North Carolina a few years back. You know, and that's why we call it that. And, you know, I said during the time, I said, look, we got nothing to, you know, worry about right here. We got to run Nova. And, Isabel, you find a gap and penetrate it and pitch it back to Kendra and let it fly. You know, I said, no regrets here. And sure enough, we executed the play and Kendra hits the three and she's pumping her fist. And next thing you know, we win in overtime. So it's, you know, it's it's moments like that that you always remember. But just to see the girls execute in those moments and have the, the courage to step up and do it, you know, that's, that's probably the most surprising thing for me was just the way they stayed together and and had the courage to really compete. I, I was driving home and, and the Euro's game was on WSLM against Paoli. You, you guys host them and uh, I was just shocked at one point late in the third quarter they Paoli had single digits. I mean you were playing that good a defense and I remember thinking, man, that, that team is really clicking. <laughs> They're playing well at the right time of year. Uh, just. Just an amazing group. I was going to ask you. I, I now get this, player. I've, I've been around Coach McBride when he's coached golf mm-hmm. and baseball <laughs> and girls basketball. Coach, I don't know that I've ever seen you as upset about a loss as the, you seem to be for the Silver Creek game. You, you mentioned that game. That's why I bring it up. But you were mm-hmm. you were pretty upset. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you thought you let one get away, but 
is, is that as mad as you can remember being in a while? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a game where, you know, I was a little bit frustrated. Um, you know, we lost at Scottsburg, we lost at Silver Creek, and, you know, actually, I kind of, you know, I'm, obviously body language speaks volumes, you know, and people can read that pretty easy. <laughs> but, um, you know, I didn't go in after that Silver Creek game and really, you know, yell at the team or kind of challenge the team. But it was funny because Brooklyn Casey being our only senior last year and a girl that's been through it with me, you know, and, you know, she comes into the office on Monday and she's like, you should have yelled at us more, <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm like, really, you think that? She's like, yeah, I just don't think that we're kind of, we're not playing as well as we need to right now. And, you know, I think that would have helped. And, you know, so sure enough, on Tuesday after that, we played Paoli at home and uh, first half was not very good offensively. We were struggling you know, really trying, you know, to score points, and it was just hard to come by, and, you know, I'm frustrated even more, and so I, at halftime, I did go in at Paoli and challenged them <laughs> in, in more than one way, and uh, sure enough, we go out in the second half and score 40 points, you know? Right. I mean, it's just, but but Brooklyn had a great pulse of the team, and uh, she had good control of the locker room to kind of give me feedback on what's going on, and you know, we made, you know, from that point on, we really started playing better. Um, but uh, we just got a little complacent there in those two games and didn't shoot the ball well and didn't score what we needed to offensively. But it's great to have leadership that can step up and be honest with a coach like that. Mm-hmm. And, and thinking about, you know, leaders and, and seniors, I, I saw on Facebook Alex Davidson played uh, played her last collegiate game at uh, mm-hmm. uh USI, I was it got my eyes. USS is all mixed up there. USI uh, Taylor late in the season had a big double double for in, in, uh, UND, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we got Rachel Stewart playing at Trine, and and uh, uh, Ryanna Watson is she had a knee injury and missed the whole season up at Anderson. But just talk about the level since you took over back in the late 2010 that decade. How much girls basketball has improved? You guys. Eastern had won four games the year before you came in, and you come in right away and, and go nine or ten wins right out of the gate and really set the tone, I thought. The players said, hey, this is a new era of basketball. And from there on, uh, I really think the improvement started with that first team you had at Eastern because everybody kind of said, okay, now we can win, so let's go do it. But just talk about bas- girls basketball in general over the last ten years in Washington County, how you've seen it grow. Well, it's been incredible to even just look at this year as a microcosm of it all. When, you know, we go to our Indiana Coaches of Girls Sports Association uh, all-state voting, we we did that a couple Sundays ago, and Jerry and myself were both there. And there were 11 girls nominated from Washington County, from the three teams. And when you talk about 11 players from a county that's, you know, on three different teams... I mean, it's, that's saying something because a lot of times you might get, you know, just one or two players from a team, and you might have, like in Clark County, what do they got, nine different schools, you know? I mean, it's it's really, you know, impressive to talk about the talent that we have because not only Eastern, you know, West Washington has made huge strides in the improvement they've made because, you know, you go back to when I first took over, you know, West Washington was kind of that given W on your schedule, and now it's like you better play or otherwise you're going to get beat, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know, everybody's really kind of, you know, turned it around and, and set the expectations pretty high, you know, for, 
for what we want to try to accomplish. And, you know, you've got three quality coaches that are, you know, building their programs the way it needs to be done. And, you know, we're experiencing that success. And, you know, I think it's going to continue for the next few years at the three different levels. Um, you know, a lot of people want to tell me about how I need to be worried that we might bump up with the success factor to 3A, you know, but, you know, that's that's part of it, and I would love nothing more than to have that happen because that means we've been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah that, unfortunately, I, I wish, I, you know, I wish, I mean, I'm, I'm glad for the Salem people that it happened in North Harrison, um, but, you know, it just, to me, it's kind of a kind of a bummer, man. You get there two years and you don't win, and then you get bumped up, you know, and, and and uh, you know it's uh, it, when they went back again is junior and seniors you know who knows or, or uh, but or at least the seniors right yeah well, they, went, they went freshman and sophomore I believe and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it I know why it's there and I know I think it's a good thing especially for you know when you guys have to play the modern days every year and that get to pick mm-hmm. who they want you know yeah. Um, you know, they're not like George and I. We go to the grocery store and pick whatever fruit we want. You know, that we just take everything, everything we can get. You know, but there, you know, you can pick who's on your team and who's not. And and at a school size, you know, a two A school or a one A school, you know, um, uh, you know, with like with Washington has to deal with that. You know, in their in their regional, some must stay, et cetera. Um, it, it's actually intersectional. You know, Trinity Lutheran. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I get it, but you know to go there twice and not win, and then get bumped up when you think you know you're North Harrison, you think you got a chance to win at least at least one in four years, and you come away without any. It's uh, that's a, that's a tough pill there. Yeah, it's you know it's almost where we talked about it after the fact, but I don't think the IHA is going to make any changes to the success factor. But it'd be nice to put a disclaimer in there, or a specific rule to say, not only have to accumulate that many points, you have to win at least one state championship in that two-year period. Because mm-hmm. uh, you got the same thing happening this year to Winchester in 2A, two straight runner-up appearances, and they're bumping up to 3A next year. You know, as a result, so you know it's it's happened now in two different situations and actually uh Reve is the third because they've been runner up two years in a row and they're going to bump up to 2A so now we've got to look at them as a potential regional opponent next year and uh but their sectional is going to be really challenging just as much as anybody so you know the success factor is what it is i mean the IHSA and Bobby Cox has deemed that necessary um, but I think it's penalized some public schools maybe a little bit more so than they anticipated. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think with Northwestern, getting, they'll get bumped up again to 4A mm-hmm. next year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Benton Central stays up north this this time or, or yeah. they make the trip back down to, to the, to the semi, south semi state. Yeah, the reorganization of sectionals is going to be interesting when they do come out because not only that, you got Heritage Christian coming back down to 3A now right. from 4A, even though they're a traditional 2A school. Right. Uh, but they're going to stay 3A because you only go down one class at a time until okay. you get back to your level. But, you know, will they be in the south with Salem possibly, or are they going to be in the north, you know? I mean, so there's all kinds of, um, you know, questions out there as, they, as we look ahead to that. We've we've got an idea on enrollments on who's going to be where because a school like Oak Hill, um, you know, congratulations to them for winning a state championship this year, but they're bumping up to 3A because of enrollment, not because of success. Mm. Okay. So they're going to be 3A in the next cycle as well. That's another thing. When you were a uh, private school, you get to pick how much your enrollment is as well, too. So you, met, you know, modern day, oh, we don't want to be 3A. Let's just accept a couple people this year instead of accepting everybody. But hey, you know, I know you got to play who you got who, who's on your schedule. I know you, you, your girls are your girls are not going to back away from anybody, and and I, and I understand that. It's just uh, uh, sometimes when you put all that work in, all that effort into it, and 
and um, you know you got people coming over from different places of, of the state. I, when I was a, when I was at, Mon- um, at Ball State, I coached for Muncie Burris, and Muncie Burris volleyball team was oh, yeah. renowned. I mean, they just mm-hmm. you know all kinds of state championships, and you know they would come to the academy. The Indian Academy, that would be how they would get girls from all over the state, all over the country, would come to the Indian Academy, and then they would come play volleyball for, for Muncie Burris. So, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, none of those – I coached baseball. We didn't, we, had no, we had no kid. For the Indian Academy, we got all the smart boys. They didn't do anything. They, they couldn't hit. They, could they couldn't throw. You know, but they couldn't put a glove on. But, uh, you know, the volleyball team got a lot of them. But, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. It's, it's You know, that's a part of the game that people don't understand, that people don't really dive into that, that aren't coaching or that real big sports people don't understand how all that works and how that all generates and um, the different enrollment and the classes. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of schools that when, when I was a player, was a 2A school, then they're 4A, you know. Or, and, um, you know, Jasper, is, it was, was a small, smaller. Now they're big. And mm-hmm. Silver Creek, we'd all like to get Silver Creek out there if we could. You know, let's get, let's get Silver yeah. Creek bumped up to 4A and, and get them out of the Mid-Southern Conference would be nice too, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Silver Creek is really, you know, uh, that's why one of those teams, when, when Eastern plays Silver Creek in girls basketball, I'm rooting for the Lady Musketeers for a number of reasons, but one of which is I just get sick of seeing Silver Creek have success at, at, at these multiple sports because of how much bigger they are than the other schools in the MSC and where, hey, you get mad at Charlestown, it's it's 10 minutes. It's not like you get mad at Floyd right. Center when you come to Pekin. Right. You know, that's a 20, 25-minute drive. If you get mad at Charlestown, uh, Silver Creek's 10 minutes away. Yeah. Matter of fact, some of those Charlestown people live closer to Silver Creek than they right. do Charlestown. And, and down there in southern Indiana, I think you see that a lot. Hey, right. Jeffersonville's 9th, 10th yeah. best boys basketball player could, mm-hmm. could end up on a year in, at Charlestown or at Silver Creek. And uh, you just kind of get bummed as a fan to see those these teams with all the benefits uh, continue to well, do so we well. We talked about, too, last week. Um, we were talking about the the sectional championships in 1A, 2A, 3A, and how it's you know some people are are, are anti class system and some people are or um, you know like me I I think it's great to see the opportunity everybody gets a chance to have now you know uh, East Washington's boys team played in the Floyd sectional sectional Floyd Central sectional excuse me Floyd Central sectional for forever I mean forever when I was when I mean, that's where they went you know and and that, I mean <laughs> that wasn't even <laughs> It wasn't even fair at all. It was, you know, you're gonna, you know, there's, there's no, uh, there's no model of miracle taking place there when you gotta go and, and have a chance. And then there were some really good teams that East Washington had back then in the early '90s and, and late '80s. And, and you know, um, I, I really like the fact that the way things are done now and it gives everybody a chance to, to go out and get good, good things. Yeah, it does give everybody a chance. But to give you a little historical perspective, back when I was in high school. You know, in 1984, Charlestown was in the Madison sectional, which was a traditional sectional with all of your common teams. And then all of a sudden, because Floyd Central and New Albany didn't get to host their own sectional, you know, they started going to this rotating site. So my junior year, we play at New Albany in the sectional. And then my senior year, we played at Floyd Central because Floyd and New Albany alternated years. But that ensured pretty much that you had a big school, 4A, now, you know, that was going to win a sectional championship. Uh, Because my senior year, we lost to Floyd Central in overtime of the sectional championship at Floyd Central, and they go on to to the semi-state that year, you know, and didn't have a game near as close as what we had with them until they got to semi-state. And it's, you know, still... Still something I just you know steam over a little bit. <laughs> right, I mean, and that's and, and that's 
the whole, you know, that was the whole point of, of making sure some, somebody finally wisened up and say, hey, you know, like even in the section in the Salem sectional was at Paoli. Salem was the largest school in that sectional for years. You know, Paoli was small two A, and then you know Orleans was a one A, Mitchell was a one two A, anything more two A back then, but um, and then West Washington was one A. You know, so you, I mean, it, Salem was the, the largest, uh, Salem was the largest, they never won it, but they, they were, they won like <laughs> twice, but they, you know, that, that was, uh, you know, because that pale is always a good rocking time, and, and that was a great thing. You did have huge crowds, and, um, but, you know, IHSA wanted their money, I think, was the biggest thing, but uh, glad it's changed now. Well, a lot of people think that, like Blair, oh, now that they've gone to this class system, the IHSA loses money. Uh, you both were at girls basketball regionals. Not a lot of empty seats to be had in those gyms. Right, so yeah. now you've got more sectionals, more regionals, more semi-states. Trust me, the IHSA is making more money with class basketball than they did with uh, single class basketball. And, you know, I grew up in Louisville, so uh, talk about sick of hearing about the private schools, Trinity, St. X in football every year, Assumption in volleyball. It's same same deal. Those guys get to go out and, hey, even the public school kids – Hey, come and see. And you say, well, how could that kid afford St. X or Trinity? <laughs> well, trust me, there's scholarships and uh, they let parents work and, and ball games and stuff to earn points and things like that. So it's frustrating. Remember playing Trinity my freshman year at Central. There's 30 of us on the sideline at Central, and here comes Trinity with their 100 kids in uniform. I mean, we were beaten before the game ever started because we were just like, wow, you know, just this big green and white blob moving <laughs> toward us and 55 to nothing later <laughs> yeah no no we didn't so so coach i, I want to i'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit okay, okay. yeah i told you we were at the dance contest and i could <laughs> spend an hour blair griping as a parent about the state dance contest okay one of my biggest gripes coach is that pike they did a tina turner routine i don't know if yeah. you saw that one of my favorite routines of the day, and they didn't even place in the top five with that routine. I I told Coach as we were leaving the Pike, it's Pike Central or Pike, I don't know. I said, Coach, that, that was one of my favorite routines outside of my daughter's all day. Yeah. And she said, thank you, we've heard that a lot. So uh, I was just like, there wasn't five routines better than the girls from Pike did anyway. And I've complained Let about the judge, gym. <laughs> but but we're in Lafayette, okay? And you guys know where my heart is collegiately. I who, yeah, who my heart lies with red and black, the Cardinals. So when I'm in Lafayette, I can't help but be one of the scorned bachelorette women about Jeff Brom choosing to stay at. I spent a lot of time this weekend thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, think about Jeff? If, 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 yeah, if you saw me in the stands looking off in the distance, Coach, I was thinking about how could Jeff Brom turn us down. Okay, so that got me to thinking. I saw you at one point in my thinking i just wondering like i said i'm putting you on the spot so if you don't want to answer this he's thinking about you and jeff brown coach i don't know yeah i know i got an idea where i got an idea where he's going though yeah i just wonder i just wonder at the high school level does coach recruiting go on and you know i'm not asking you for specifics if you've ever been called by a particular school or anything but do you ever get that I mean, you've won a state championship. You won multiple sectionals at Eastern, a uh, winning record every year. Obviously, uh, there's some interest out there. Uh, do you get those calls in, in just to say, hey, if we had a girls' basketball opening, uh, do you get those? And like I said, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. I've just been <laughs> curious about how much of that goes yeah. on within 
high school athletic programs. Well, I'll say this. I don't think that any athletic director will ever make a call like that until the job is open right. that they're trying to fill. Uh, I think they're all very professional about letting the process play through. But I think I think you have to once it's open. I think you have to gauge some interest in a short list of candidates just to find out, you know, who's interested, uh, what kind of teaching position does it involve, and do a little behind-the-scenes work just to get ahead of the game. Because now, with the summer being so important with everything that we do, if you have an opening now at the end of a boys' season, like you're going to start seeing some dominoes fall because there's a few boys' jobs that are already open. I mean, Seymour's open, Charlestown's open. Uh, there's probably going to be a few others maybe. Uh, you know, as, as coaches start filling these other jobs, there's going to be others that open up. But you have to get somebody in place as early as you can, and the, the next nearest board meeting you have is April. I mean, you, so you're talking a month right. to try to make a decision, plus spring break built in there as well. But, you know, summer is so important from the standpoint for me that we try to put in all of our offense during the summer. I don't spend time working on our defense a whole lot because I don't want to discourage the kids. <laughs> you know, if I start really more focused on that during the summer, I may lose them. You know, but uh, you know it's so important to get that summer time together to build your team and just get to know your team. But yeah, I think there are some athletic directors that that do go the extra mile a little bit to you know just check and kind of feel guys out to say, are you interested? Um, and that gives them a chance to say yes or no, you know, um, and kind of, you know, narrow the list down and figure out, you know, where you want to go with interviews and things like that. But, uh, you know, with time being of the essence, yeah, I think that is happening uh, in certain places and, you know, can continue to happen as you get closer and closer to those April dates when you're trying to fill jobs. Well, and, and Coach didn't answer specifically about, about himself, and I don't blame him for that. But, I got called by Medora once. Uh, <laughs> this guy has, he, has coached baseball, and he's won a baseball sectional, and he's, he's won basketball sectionals. So I know that he's a hot commodity out there, and I wanted to ask that just so I could say, hey, other schools, coach is off limits, so don't be making those kind of phone calls. <laughs> yeah, I can say that I'm, a, I'm extremely happy to, to be at Eastern, and I don't plan on well, going Well, he's anywhere. got to come back. I mean, come on. That's like, that's like I told Coach Hickey, he said he ain't going yeah. anywhere. We won't yeah. be asking, are you reloading right. for the next few years? And the, the thing about Coach Hickey and myself is we both have daughters coming up, too. So, yeah. you know, the, the one that would be the biggest – you know, negative for me would be my own daughter because she'd be like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when when uh, <laughs> Lily Hatton's mom was looking for a job, I thought, hey, man, if I can get her to come, she, you know, she, she can get her to come to Salem, maybe she'd come up here. And, you know, the, the brother's like almost seven foot, too. I mean, he's like six, eight, six, nine. And I was like, hey, this is pretty good, pretty good gig, you know. But, uh, no, I'm just teasing. But well, didn't Paley used to do that back in the day where they would kind of bring in, yeah, you know, assistant superintendents yeah, and stuff, yeah. and all of a sudden they got kids that are like Division One basketball <laughs> yeah, players? Coach Brown had two over there. <laughs> I, I was getting grief about that, too, you know. He had two, two, well, that's why I was saying that that sectional, that, that you know, those last couple of years, they only had two D1 players, and you had Neil Coyle, a seven foot in a 1A school in, in West Washington. So yeah. he goes on and wins the ring with, with Chad down there at, uh, at um, USI. So um, it just, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm, maybe my kid, I'm going to shop my kid someday. He'll <laughs> <laughs> say, no, we don't want him. We'll leave him down there. So uh, pretty pretty cool stuff and, and uh, pretty awesome. And, you know, George, 
we can hold the middle school down with some coaching ranks. Absolutely. Somebody asked me if I would consider coaching high school football. I said, heck no. Those varsity coaches at every sport, that's a different level. When you're in middle school, you're teaching. My goal as a middle school coach, first and foremost, was make you love the game. I want you to love the game of football or, or basketball like I love it. You know, and then that makes you want to work at it. I think if you fall in love with it, the fundamental work that you need to do in the off season doesn't become so hard. So uh, we put you on the spot, Coach. You mentioned a name. Now, if I'm a Charlestown fan, and we're looking for a boys basketball coach, and I do, oh, hey, oh, here we go. hey, hey, these, this AD has done some nice work in the arena, but he would look a heck of a lot better wearing a suit and tie on Friday and Saturday night. Any inside scoop to uh, the board trying to recruit Chad to wear two hats down there at Charlestown? Oh, I don't, I don't think that's happening. I think uh, Greater Clark's pretty much put the Knicks to that several years ago, and I think Chad's pretty happy with uh, right. with where he's at and what he's doing, and. You know he's uh, he's done a great job as the AD over there, and heck, the, I mean to get girls sectional, boys sectional, and right. then girls regional. Right. I mean he has he's got three big events going on right there in in you know consecutive weeks almost. But uh, yeah, he's he's done a good job with everything. I, I mean, as as coaches, we all have the itch, you know, and it's just a matter of you know how how you build relationships because that's the biggest thing you miss. You miss that day-to-day time and practice you know you don't miss the game so much it's just that relationship building and practice times and stuff like that that go on and you know for me that's the best part about it I mean our our kids are great where we can you know because it's funny when they get to be a senior I tell them look it's going to be different this year you know and they're like wow and then we get about halfway through the season and they're like man it is different because (laughs) now I can I'm comfortable talking to you you know telling me what I need to hear (laughs) Well, and don't you wish the younger girls would, would realize that when they're, you know, they, you, you go from junior high ball to, to varsity basketball in a winning program, I think sometimes they get this deer in the head like, look, like, wow, Coach McBride is intense. Yeah. And, and you wish they could just see that as part of the process. They're going to be uh, seniors giving you crap about not giving the team enough crap after a loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's always funny that as they get older, like this year we brought Rebecca Feist back on staff and, you know, it's funny because I, I, Rebecca was phenomenal because I could bounce ideas off of her and get her perspective of what she experienced, you know, just four or five years ago as a player. But for her, you know, and she would sit there and tell me, she's like, and like, you know, Rebecca, am I being too hard on them? She's like, you were harder on us when I played. So they always talk about how soft I've gotten, you know, and, and that's the thing. I think maybe when they're in the moment, they think it's a little worse than it really is. And then we're on the outside, you know, looking in a little bit as a coaching perspective, they realize, man, it isn't so bad because they maybe weren't, maybe they needed that sometimes. But, uh, you know, those relationships are what you really miss, and that's what you, you know, you hope to get out of what we're doing here is those lifetime friendships. Now, I meant to give you all a little heads up. I want to close the show. Uh, I mentioned I was in Lafayette over the weekend, and it was hard, it, uh, not because my daughter was there. I wanted to watch her dance, but, and, but can Mel I, and Camp. Can I, say, can I say something about the dance competition real quick? Because, <laughs> I, and I even posted this on Facebook. I'm telling you what, it's, it's fun to watch mm-hmm. kids pursue their passion. And when you see some of these kids out here at that dance competition, you know they love it. 
and man they're really good at it too i mean it's fun to watch our high school team perform our middle school teams even all the other schools because there's not a single group out there that doesn't absolutely love it and they're doing it because they have passion and that's just the great thing about it i mean it, there was a couple of those performances that just made me emotional you know <laughs> i mean it's just like wow they're really expressing you know their i mean their art their craft and what they do and it's i've really enjoyed these last two or three years we're just watching that because these kids love it so i sorry to take that away from you but uh no it's good <laughs> and i do want to mention before we go that uh eastern was in four routines with two junior high two high school routines and they brought home trophies in all four categories nice. uh we have a few schools that are really exceptional forest park mitchell at our level but East Washington Middle School and Eastern High School is right there behind those two, and they're they're not as far back in points. So uh, Eastern's program is right there, being one of the top uh, dance pro. They are one of the top dance programs in the state, but uh, they're getting there. So here was the question I wanted to ask. So I mentioned that I was in Lafayette, and Mellon Camp was in Louisville. Okay, so uh, I always had a little bit of soft spot in my heart for IU because I'm such a Mellencamp fan, and I knew he likes uh, IU. We so know you're fair weather. Fan. I root for IU because I'm a fan of Mellencamp sometimes, okay? <laughs> Best Mellencamp song. You can, you're on a desert island. We'll close with this one. You're on a desert island. You can only take one Mellencamp song with you. What are you taking? Best Mellencamp song. You don't have a lot of time to think about it. The clock's ticking, and Blair's or uh, Greg's got to be home for The Bachelor. I get the first pick. Go go. We'll go this way. Blair, you're first. I'm going Jack and Diane, for sure. Jack and Diane. Yeah. Jack and Diane. That was one of my thoughts, but I think uh, Pink Houses probably. Ooh, Pink Houses. <laughs> I used to preach in in Medora or in Leesville, and you drive drive through Medora to get there, and I still see the Pink Houses video every time I drive through Medora. I'm going with uh, Cherry Bomb. Yeah. Cherry Bomb. All time favorite Mellencamp song, Cherry Bomb, and you know why? Because that's when a smoke was a smoke. And grooving was grooving. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, before we leave, Hoosiers going to make the NCAA tournament. Watch and see, George. I, I'm going to agree with you. I think they beat Ohio State, and they give uh, Michigan State a scare, but I don't think they beat Izzo in the group three times That's in a row. Coach, are you making the tournament? I'm saying, I'm saying yes. What about Louisville? No, I don't like Louisville. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter if you like them. Oh, we're analysis, Blair. Are they still got a team down there? Huh? What are they playing in the ACC tournament? They open with the winner of Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. So they'll win that one. You think? And then yeah. they play North Carolina. I'm trying North Carolina. And North Carolina will show up because we know their students don't go to class. Or their players. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nobody does. They're, they're players, right. Nobody so we'll get out of here on that. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we want to thank Coach McBride for coming in. Again, the HBCA All-Star Game is April 7th. Uh, go and check out some of the... As top seniors in the state who may not get the recognition that, that the players uh, playing in the Indiana-Kentucky All-Star game get. He says it's a really good time, so go check that out. Coming up after we're done here, Archie Miller's last show of the season, the regular season. Does he not do that in the postseason? No. No. no so Archie's last show comes on at 8 here when we're done, and all the Big Ten action starts Wednesday, and you can catch that on 97.9 WSLM. And uh, just lots of good games. Looks like it's going to be a heck of a tournament and uh, a heck of an NCAA tournament to follow. So thanks for listening. Good night, and we'll see you next Monday. Sweetest words a sports fan can utter. I was there.
Like when Luke Zeller drained that miracle buzzer beater from center court to win the state championship. I was there. Indiana High School basketball. There's only one way to experience the passion, the intensity, the surges in momentum, the shots heard round the state, and the shots made from way, way, way downtown. Luke Zeller at midcourt puts it up at the buzzer. And that's to be there live. The IHSAA Boys Basketball Tournament. When the whistle blows, the drama unfolds. And we are reminded one more time what a great state we live in. Where will you be? I'll be there. We'll all be there. The IHSAA Boys Basketball Tournament. Eight semi-state winners will be crowned this Saturday. The IHSAA Boys and Girls Basketball Tournaments are presented by the Indian...